So two themes and some end notes. First basic theme is the Sabbath is essential, not trivial. Our Sabbath is Sunday, um, and it's, it's become something that um, isn't trivial, but is optional, right? But in Jesus' time, it was essential, and it wasn't a, a trivial matter. The, and I will explain to you why that's important. And then the next uh, theme would be around being set free. If not now, then when is a good time, right? And then I have some end notes to, to, to offer about, about healing. So for context, this is the second of three healings on the Sabbath that, only, that is only reported in the Gospel of Luke. So Luke uh, 6 is with the man with the withered hand. Luke 13 is our Gospel today, the woman uh, who uh, could not stand up straight for 18 years. And then uh, Luke 14 is the man with dropsy, which is swollen legs. So what's important here is to remember that the Sabbath was set as part of the covenant with God and God's people in Exodus. So I'm going to remind you of when the Sabbath was set up. It says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and you shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. So the Sabbath day was established by God in Exodus. Who could change the Sabbath day? God. How did people understand Jesus? Jesus of Nazareth. The majority of people in Jesus' day understood him as Jesus of Nazareth, daughter, I mean, sorry, <laughs> a little womanist interpretation there, <laughs> son of Mary um, and son of Joseph the carpenter, and, um, you know, very much like their neighbor. Maybe a profound teacher, a gifted healer, but certainly not the second person of the Trinity. Certainly not human and divine, as we've come to know him, and as some in his day did as well. But the majority of people, he was just Jesus from Nazareth. And um, what was he doing? changing the rules of the Sabbath. And so the Sabbath was an essential 
is an essential tenet to the faith. Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote in his book called The Sabbath, the meaning of the Sabbath is to celebrate time rather than space. Six days a week we live under the tyranny of the things of space. On the Sabbath, we try to become attuned to holiness in time. It is a day on which we are called upon to share in what is eternal in time, to turn from the results of creation to the mystery of creation, from the world of creation to the creation of the world. A time to take time out. And not only those very beautiful uh, thoughts, but also people got a break. You couldn't uh, work your kids to death by making them clean out the, the, the garage or the, the stables on Saturday. And more importantly, the alien residents, yourself, your slaves, deserve some time off. So the Sabbath is incredibly important. And it was created by God, and only those with authority, God-given authority, could change it. So that was the religious officials. Jesus calls them hypocrites because, of course, they pointed out his uh, violation of the law, but not their violation of the laws. So, um, but he wasn't denying that the Sabbath is a holy day and that we should take time to set aside time. Even the woman who was healed rightly praises God. She still may be thinking of Jesus as just a major healer. Right? She praises God, not Jesus, for her freedom. Everyone in the room would have been awed by what just happened, and they would be very aware that a powerful, holy man, Jesus, was in their midst. But when Jesus says you are set free, the woman and everyone else would understand that the power and authority to set free is God's alone. So Jesus was just living into his identity, making himself known. And how he made himself known was by healing sick people. And on this day, it was by healing a woman who had been suffering for 18 years. And so Jesus' divinity is revealed as he says, yes, the Sabbath is essential, but women are quintessential. The Sabbath is holy, but women are more so. The Sabbath is holy, but it is time, my friends, to look at the dignity of women and their wholeness and well-being as being deeply 
profoundly holy. They are worth breaking the law to heal and to set free. So this is important. This is deeply important. And he also says, as he heals this woman that others would have avoided, except for the most kind-hearted, he says, if we're not going to heal her now, when is the best time to heal her? When is the right time? If not now, then when? What are we waiting for? What are you waiting for to bring grace and holiness and understanding and relationship to those who are in need of it. What are we waiting for? What are you waiting for? So in this next section, I'm going to quote a lot from a woman called Elizabeth Palmer. And she's an editor with the Christian Century. And several years ago, maybe 10 years ago now, she wrote about this passage. And I've always loved how she wrote about this passage. And she's sort of like, you know, if not now, when is it time to be set free to get a new perspective, right? And so she said, imagine the relief when after 18 years, stooped over and unable to stand tall, Jesus lifts this woman out of her illness. Consider how her perspective changes. For the first time in years, she has no pain, and she can stand up and look straight in the eyes of a friend or gaze up at the clouds in the sky. Her tunnel vision, her narrowness of vision is instantly broadened when Jesus says you are set free. The whole world is in her line of sight. And I believe this is a model for our faith relationships. How do we broaden our perspectives and see the whole world in our line of sight, in the line of grace? Her whole, her healing is a story of expansion, revelation, and vision widened by grace, a glorious progression toward the life God intends for all of us, right? A full life. So Palmer then imagined, she said, come on in, come on in. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. Your son's right over there. Come on. <laughs> come on, come on. Your, your aunt's right there. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so Palmer imagines that when the stooped-over woman stands tall and takes in the wide world around her, she sees more than just the kind eyes of a friend, although that's good. She sees more than just the clouds in the sky, although that's good. She also sees the breadth of suffering in her world, the expansive margins that are home to the most vulnerable and the depth of disease and distress all around her. And instead of thinking she's more special, 
She sees that she's been raised up in a fallen world. Her widened perspective includes that vision of suffering. It requires broader empathy and engagement. Freed from her disease, she is free to serve a world in profound need. Standing tall and facing the world directly, she is now equipped to carry an even heavier cross of compassion. She says she'd simultaneously stooped down and lifted up. And that's not a bad thing. His exaltation is a crucifixion. And Jesus' glory is in being weighed down with shame that he transforms with resurrection. A widened vision of grace and of power. So this week, think a little bit about what it means to be both uplifted in glory and stooped and, 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 and humble. So here are the end notes that I was talking about. I just, I didn't know how to put this here except I was writing the sermon about the miraculous, beautiful healing of this woman uh, who had been hurting for 18 years and I got a call that someone had taken a loved one in to the emergency room for back pain and they got a shocking diagnosis. And I was just, I was just dazed and stunned. I was just sad, you know? Not everyone gets to stand up fully again in our world. That's just how it is. We're mortal. Things happen to us. This healing story is so powerful, and yet it also exposes reality, our human mortality. And so on the one hand, we have to remember that Jesus' healing had a revelatory purpose in his time to, show, to claim his identity and to show his divinity. And our illnesses have a revelatory purpose as well. But they show our humanity and hopefully bring us closer to God when we are at our weakest. Both times of revelations lead us to courage and faith in the face of hard change and challenging missions. So I thought of it like this. Because I was, I was dazed, and I, I don't even really know the person who's in the hospital, but I was just dazed by, by the, the sadness. And so I thought of it like this. Like, it's like walking outside in the hot, bright August sun from a shaded, air-conditioned place inside. It's Houston. We all know it's going to be hot and sunny or maybe rainy or whatever. But let's say it's, it's not raining. The sun is hot. You walk outside from your office or your home and you are stunned, blinded by the light and the heat. The sun and the heat are familiar. We know to expect them. We live in Houston. It's August. 
But yet, they stop you in your tracks. Yet, they stop you in your tracks. You can't see. You're dazed. You're blinded for a minute. You feel the impact. Even though you expect it. And so there I was, dazed by the comparison, really. Praying hard for healing. When I was reminded of the theologian who died this week, Frederick Beekner, wonderful theologian. And he, he always impressed me so much because he's a wonderful writer, but also one of his daughters died from anorexia. Um, is it nervosa, nerviosa? And I just thought, it's hard to keep your faith after that. And he did go back and forth. It challenged his faith. He doubted, but then he reaffirmed his faith. And he wrote about that, that process. He even says, if you wake up every day and your answer is yes to God, you're not paying attention. <laughs> so, but he wrote this beautiful, beautiful quote on which I'll end. He said, the grace of God means something like, here is your life. You might never have been, but you are because the party wouldn't have been complete without you. Yes. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Nothing can ever separate us. It's for you that I created the universe. I love you. There's only one catch. Like any other gift, the gift of grace can be yours only if you reach out and take it. Yes. And maybe being able to reach out and take it is a gift and a miracle and a healing too. Amen. <laughs>